In this ad for the Mobile One brand, I have 30 seconds to remind you about your first time driving. Remember the feeling, the freedom, how the world felt bigger and smaller at the same time? Because you were in the driver's seat. The truth is driving never changed. You did. You got a job, a phone, and then a phone that was also a computer with emails that could find you anywhere. And then you were trapped. But here's the good news. It's never too late to break free. Mobile One, for the love of driving. Visit loveofdriving.us slash radio to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Twizzlers. Long day, late night, feeling a little bored. Twizzlers is the ultimate sidekick for any moment of the day, no matter what kind of day you're having. The perfect level of sweet and a fun excuse to sit back and relax. Unwind with Twizzlers. To buy now, visit Hersheyland.com slash Twizzlers. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain. Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat-up old running shoes. Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery. Well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to BBC Good Foods Cook Smart Podcast. I'm your host, Malika Basu, a food writer and cookbook author with a passion for clever and efficient home cooking. I'll be speaking to experts in the know with tips, tricks and advice to make us smarter and better in the kitchen. Joining me today are Catherine Phipps, author of Modern Pressure Cooking, and resident air fryer guru Sam Goldsmith from the BBC Good Food team. Welcome, Catherine and Sam. Hello. Hi. Now, if everything I'm reading now is true, I need to urgently clear out my worktop for new gadgets. Is that right, Sam? Well, we are seeing a lot of search around gadgets, especially since the cost of living crisis. Um, obviously, with the energy prices increasing, people are looking for ways to reduce that bill. Um, and there are gadgets that can help with that. So, yeah, we I mean, you don't have to clear out everything you have and purchase new gadgets. But I think if you have those gadgets already, then now is definitely a time to look at new ways of working with them. Excellent. Now, there are lots of gadgets we could be talking about, of course, but I'd love to focus on three for the for the purpose of today. Pressure cookers, air fryers and slow cookers. Now, Catherine, I have not one, but two pressure cookers. That's what I like to hear. Excellent. <laughs> and you'll be delighted to know that they're also relics of the past. Very good. I live in constant fear that they will eventually explode. Oh, <laughs> yes. I think a lot of people are very fearful about that. And the old style ones, the Indian whistling sort that you've used and the ones that were first available um, in this country were a little less efficient and they had certainly less safety features than the modern ones. What has happened in the last couple of decades is that pressure cookers have been re-engineered. So they have become much more efficient and um, 
And also they have a lot more safety features. So whereas before there would be a risk of pressure building up um, and accidents happening if people left them unattended or whatever, now that I think is a thing of the past and I am frantically touching wood as we say so. (laughs) Good to know. But no, they're, they're fine. Is that the only reason people don't buy them, Catherine? Is it the, uh, you know, those worry about safety? I think that's probably the main reason. But I also think in this country in particular, pressure cookers are used all over the world and a lot more prolifically than they're used here in the UK. And I have... I think, and this is after talking to Marguerite Patton, who was the guru of pressure cooking in this country for a very long time, was that we associated them very much with the kind of food that we were eating during rationing after the war, because that's when they became really, really popular. And I hear a lot of stories about really unpleasant, overcooked mushy food, you know, um, and very limited kind of ingredients that people were able to use. And this was a real handicap for me when I first started cooking with them and, you know, trying to get other people to cook with them. And then Marguerite Patton said to me, there is absolutely nothing wrong with pressure cookers. There is nothing wrong with pressure cooker food. In fact, food improves when it's cooked in a pressure cooker. And I've discovered that she's absolutely right. She said there are just people not able to use them properly. And if you teach somebody how to use a pressure cooker properly, then they will be absolutely blown away and converted. And and so that is basically what I have set out to do. And at the same time, this was a a decade or so ago when um, my first book on pressure cooking came out, a lot of chefs were suddenly starting to admit that they were using them in their professional and domestic kitchens. So Heston Blumenthal had written Heston at Home and and people realising that all his stocks and sauces were being cooked in a pressure cooker because not only is it a faster process, you're getting a lot more depth of flavour in there because of the higher temperature things are cooked at. That is absolutely fascinating. Sam, have you used a pressure cooker before? I haven't. I, well, I... I've used a pressure cooker pan, but when I grew up, my mum had a pressure cooker, but she didn't know how to use it. So we just used the pan as a saucepan, I'm so, you know, embarrassed <laughs> is, to say. <laughs> is this going to encourage you? I mean, yeah, I'd love you... to try it. Yeah, yeah I th- I've got um, a multi-cooker, which has one in mm. it. Um, so that's probably how I would sort of start trying to play with it, I think. It's it's really worth doing. I mean, if I could just run through the benefits, not only is the flavour better, you know, if you're cooking meat, it will be much more tender. But you're cutting off 70% of the cooking time. And not only that, there's been lots of studies that show that nutritionally they're better. It's actually the best method to cook things nutritionally because it will preserve more nutrients. They worked out that it's not the temperature that's important, it's the actual time. And also they're very good at reducing the anti-nutrients. So if you're cooking beans and pulses, for example, or certain whole grains, it's really good for getting rid of some of those anti-nutrients. And the other thing is you save an awful amount of water as well because a lot of things like grains, pulses, pasta and risotto and things like that even, you're cooking by absorption method. 
So you're reducing your fuel bill. You're, you're, you're reducing the time it takes to cook something. The flavor is amazing. The nutritional value is amazing. You're saving water. I, yeah. What's not to love? What's not to love, <laughs> indeed, really. You, you, we're absolutely sold, Catherine. That is so, so I do cook a lot in my pressure cooker, but I've never tried things like rice and, you know, and, and lots of different pulses. So I think you've definitely encouraged Last question on this is it's quite instinctive, isn't it? Once you get started with using a pressure cooker, you sort of know how long things should take. Yeah, I think... I think you need to start by learning how to use it properly. And one of the most important things to learn is how much water to use. Because if you use too much water, um, you're, because of the way a pressure cooker works, um, because it's a sealed pot, any water which turns to steam will condense back down to liquid. So you have to learn about managing the water levels and you have to work out um, certain timings because it's not always obvious what's going to cook much quicker and, you know. So, yeah, um, learning a few recipes, looking at a few recipes, it becomes very easy to adapt your own conventional ones so you can use it for most things, really. Fantastic, Catherine. Thank you so much for that. It's a real ode to pressure cookers, isn't it? Look, even, <laughs> even Sam's a fan already. Look, he's, he's already involved. Um, Sam, let's talk mm. about slow cookers for okay. a minute, please. Now, these are the bastions of energy efficiency, yeah. I believe. Well, I mean, when you look at the, the cost can, um, analysis, yeah, you're seeing that slow cookers tend to use less uh, or cost less. And my slight worry uh, with slow cookers is that everything you put in them turns into potentially sludge or perhaps soup. Um, but Catherine, I think when we were chatting, you put it more mildly. You said airline food. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> not very complimentary, is it? <laughs> is, is, is it complete nonsense? Are we completely imagining um, this? I think it can be true. I think a lot of it is to do with the cooking time. I've been doing some slow cooker recipes recently and I'm finding that my temptation is to cook it for longer at a lower temperature. But actually, I think if you can to cook it at a higher temperature for you know for fewer hours, um, but you don't always. I think the, the joy of a slow cooker is you can put it on in the morning and then leave it all day, and then when you get home from work, it's ready. But I think you just have to choose what you cook if you're going to cook it for a long period of time. I think like if you put chicken breast in, for example, it will probably be quite chewy. Um, whereas if you go for leg, then obviously you know that that type of meat is is better. Um, at being cooked for longer. And is do we have to invest a fortune? Are they really expensive? And also one more question, sorry, while we're mm. at it, is are they also massive? Well, I mean, the space is always the problem. I think if you have a smaller kitchen, then you're looking for ways to, to reduce how much you know, clutter you've got. Mm -hmm. um, but they're not expensive compared to other gadgets. Um, you can pick them up for, you know, for £20. Or if you look at pre-used ones, as long as they're safe, then, then you, know, you can pick them up quite cheaply as well. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think it's an expensive means of cooking. Um, but it is. Um, it obviously does use space on your worktop. Do you do you use one, Catherine? Do you have a slow cooker? Can we convince you now? I was actually asked to write a book for slow cook for slow cookers, and I said no because I they don't. To be honest, they don't really suit my style of cooking. Because although I love traditional slow cook things, I like doing them in the pressure cooker because I'm never I'm not the sort of person who plans in advance. And if you're working at home, you don't really want the smell of what you're going to be eating for dinner that night pervading your kitchen and the whole of the downstairs oh. for 
the day. I mean, the thing about what I was saying about airline food was a bit mean. I think it's the same as pressure cookers. If you know how to use them properly, um, you're going to get good results. There's some really good books out there and, you know, internet sites that will tell you how to do that. And I I used to think, because I have experimented a little bit, and I used to do things like you know, apple butter that you could leave in there for hours and reduce down and get really lovely caramelization and whatever. In this ad for the Mobile One brand, I have 30 seconds to remind you about your first time driving. Remember the feeling, the freedom, how the world felt bigger and smaller at the same time? Because you were in the driver's seat. The truth is driving never changed. You did. You got a job, a phone, and then a phone that was also a computer with emails that could find you anywhere. And then you were trapped. But here's the good news. It's never too late to break free. Mobile One, for the love of driving. Visit loveofdriving.us slash radio to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Twizzlers. Long day, late night, feeling a little bored. Twizzlers is the ultimate sidekick for any moment of the day, no matter what kind of day you're having. The perfect level of sweet and a fun excuse to sit back and relax. Unwind with Twizzlers. To buy now, visit hersheyland.com slash Twizzlers. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But um, I found that adding things towards the end to kind of ramp up the flavor and, you know, doing things like adding gremolatas and and spicy sauces and whatever, just to kind of cut through that kind of more homogenous, slow-cooked flavor at the end is a really good way of doing it. And then you can batch cook and add different things throughout the week. I love that. I love that. And we will be talking batch cooking in another episode, absolutely. And and that makes complete sense. I would like to come back to your point about, you know, your style of cooking and your and kitchen needs particularly. We'll do that in a minute. Um, Sam, I'd like to turn to your specialist subject, please. Oh. Air fryers. <laughs> Air fryers. Yeah, this is your moment to shine, <laughs> my friend. I have been getting a little bit obsessed with the air fryer. Um, yesterday morning, um, I chucked some frozen Brussels sprouts in Um and I've never had sprouts for breakfast before, but I did do that. Um, I just kind of want to test it out. I just think it's um, everybody's, well, there's a lot of search around air fryers. And I'm sort of trying to work out, you know, everything and anything that you can do with it. On the um, the Facebook forum, we've got people baking cakes in the air fryer. Um uh, yeah, so I think its possibilities are potentially endless. Because it's not just about frying, is it? That's what's no. really interesting, is that you can put a whole chicken in there and actually yeah. roast a whole chicken. Yeah. I don't think people realise that. No, I mean, I mean the, the, um, the amount of air fryers that are on the market, they're not all the same. So you might be able to cook a chicken in an air fryer, but some are small drawers. So you, you can't always, you know, not every air fryer is the same, basically. So you interesting. can't. That's interesting. I didn't realise. And uh, is it true that you can get sort of square ones as well? So they slot really neatly on a worktop? Yeah, they are. 
they're quite large, some of them. So again, you have to have the space. But others, you know, there are smaller options. There are sort of towers, so you could get ones that slot into a, don't use as much space on the worktop, but are higher. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, again, it's just about, I suppose, choosing the piece of equipment that's right for you from a space perspective and also looking at what you're going to use it for. And I think you make a really important point there, Sam. And Catherine, you will have a view on this as well, I'm sure, is that worktop space is Mm. very precious. And there isn't a one-size-fits-all approach, is there? You know, it's about how you cook, how much space you have. And, you know, I mostly cook for me and my two kids. And, uh, you know, I have to really consider quantities and dietary preferences. And, you know, I love gadgets. And I'd happily chuck one of my children out to get a new gadget. (laughs) But I don't think that's the way forward. What is it? No, I mean, when when people ask me what pressure cooker to buy, I one of the first things I talk about is counter space because I have I use stove tops mainly, and because I use them every day, and I think it's very important if you buy a new gadget, you've got a space for it, so it's out, so you will use it every day. Because if you stick it in a cupboard, you just won't. So I have the stove tops on the stove all the time, um, and I don't have space to have an electric pressure cooker out all the time, but a lot of people do and there are electric pressure cookers most of them are also multi-cookers so for example talking about slow cooking and air frying there is a particular one which is the one I have which I really love which has multi-functionality so it will pressure cook at the right temperature for my recipes it will slow cook and it has an air fryer lid stop it my (laughs) brain just exploded so you basically got a three-in-one there so um and it will cook steam boil whatever conventionally as well and you can use it as a bain marie and you can use it as a mini oven um so and is it massive is it huge no it's the same size as a regular electric pressure cooker so i mean how what's the size of that about 30 35 centimeters across maybe um Mine's about a foot and a half, yeah. I think. Yeah. Ooh. I mean, some people I know have, have put a board across their, their hob and just put their pressure cooker, multi-cooker, on top because they're using it for the air frying. They're using it for virtually everything they would do on a hob. Um, so they're saving a load of space. And it's got that amazing functionality. And the lid is brilliant. So I do a lot of... Um, kind of oven-to-table dishes in my pressure cooker. So there's a kind of lot of pasta dishes or maybe I've done a pot roast chicken or something like that that I would normally want to put under the grill at the end or if I'm doing a pasta bake, maybe stick it in the oven. All I have to do instead is put the air fryer lid on. And there's a lot less washing up Totally, well. of yeah, Which is my favourite thing. I didn't even thing. think about the yeah. washing up. yeah. It makes total sense, doesn't it? Have you used this device, Sam? Have you come across this? Yeah, the the one that I've got is a multi-cooker. I have only used the slow cooker functions and the air frying function, but I keep mine under the stairs. Um, Although, you know, in a couple of months I won't have stairs, so I'm moving to a flat, so I'm not sure what I'll do with it (laughs) then. Um, You don't have to keep it on the the countertop. You can pop it in the cupboard if you've got space. I do like what Catherine said, though. It's so true, out of sight, out of mind. Mm, Yeah, true. One of my biggest regrets when I moved last is I had this amazing electric pressure cooker, like, you know, one pot sort of cooks everything, not with an air fryer lid, though, that I gave away to my local, like I just used my local parent group to give it away to someone who wanted it, and now I regret it. 
wanted. I wanted back, <laughs> please. Cost of living crisis. But, but, but just the thing about out of sight, out of mind, if it's there, you will think about how you can use it. And a lot of people think about slow cookers, pressure cookers, whatever, for one pot meals. But that's not the extent of it. They're more versatile than that. And just think about, for example, how you cook potatoes or greens on an average day. Say you've roasted something in the oven or you've done a pot roast or a casserole in your pressure cooker or slow cooker and you've then got greens to cook. Well, most people would either boil the kettle and put water in the saucepan and bring it up to the boil, add the greens. You know, if if they've thought about it, they might have put the lid on to stop Um, the evaporation and to get it to come up to the boil faster. But if you put it in a pressure cooker with literally a splash of water, about 100 millilitres, bring it up to pressure and then it's done. Mm. And it's literally taken less than a couple of minutes. You're not using all the water. So just having it there... And knowing that you can use it for things as simple as that and every time you use it, you're saving so much time and money and water. I do think you make a fair point there and I did. So my two beloved pressure cookers used to sit up above the fridge in the sort of back of a cupboard and they came (laughs) down over summer and I'm cracking them out at every opportunity. And, um, And I have noticed that if they're nearer you, you tend to use them. But of course, once again, Sam, it does depend on what's easy for you, right? Yeah, although I think if you are, if it's forming a habit, if you know, you're forming a pattern of use, then yeah, I think having it out, you're going to be using it every day anyway, so why not? And I think your point about like water, energy, mm. the time, I mean, from frozen, you can cook sprouts in 10 minutes. So we're loving these sprouts, by the way. <laughs> I, how well Brussels sprouts in the morning for breakfast? Uh, what do you recommend? Yeah, I think we need to change how we think about breakfast. And uh, not to use a food bun, but I need to think, I need. I think we need to use this advice with a pinch of salt. Yeah, of course. But <laughs> But um, I do think that yeah, that, that what you cook in an air fryer isn't isn't necessarily what you think it's for. You know, it's not mm-hmm. just for frying chips, or it's not just for for pota- frying okay, potatoes. The chips or, are very good. Yeah, they are. They are mm. fantastic. Um, I think one point to note about the air fryer is if you are going to invest in one, they aren't. Not all of them are cheap, and that quite often the the more affordable ones are smaller. So you really need to think about the size of your family. You know, I did. I have cooked a turkey crown in an air fryer. And it, it turned out brilliantly. But when am I going to cook the potatoes? When am I going to cook mm. the sprouts? When am I going to cook the parsnips? So you have to think about how you're going to use it. And you may need to use it alongside another piece of equipment as well. But then the turkey cooked in about 45 minutes. Well, you could be cooking the rest of the dinner at, certainly at Christmas or you know when you're doing a roast in the oven at the same time. And rather than have to stretch the oven out to be used over a couple of hours, three, two, three hours, you might only need to use it for, for an hour. I love that. That actually brings me really nicely on to my next question, which is we've talked about the hob. Uh, if everything I'm reading at the moment, just to be believed, the oven is now out of favour. The oven is so 2020. <laughs> um, and we must talk about how we can be better at using the gadgets we already have in the kitchen. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of us have the oven, we've got the grill, we've got the microwave um, and how do we max these things out because you know I'm sure there's so much more efficiency we can Mm. deliver just with those and Sam that's very much the point you were just making isn't it? 
Yeah, I think we need to be using what we've got. I mean, that's not to say you shouldn't invest in something new, but I just think you have to be think really carefully about what you're going to use it for. Um, again, not just because of space, but also because of you, know, you don't want to waste the money. But I do think that these things, the, if you're looking at a multi-cooker, then obviously it's got lots of functions, but also have a look at what you can use something for. Um, or if you have something already, like maybe people do have a pressure cooker at home. I think a lot do, actually. I've, I, you know, I do a lot of demos when people have dusted their old one off and checked the gasket. The, the, the rubber seal is working. And yeah, mm. there's a, quite, a, quite a lot of old ones still. And it's the sort of thing that people have got been bought as part of their wedding lists or whatever. And again, stuck in the cupboard and not used. So, But no, talking about gadgets that we've had and being more efficient, things like um, the oven... There's really obvious things that people don't do which would make their oven more efficient. You know, for example, keeping it clean. Um, And I'm dreadful for that. Mine's always in a state. But also, you know, using it as storage. You know, I'm... I've got limited storage and I use my oven when I'm not using it for all of my pans and everything. Don't leave them in when you're preheating your oven because it will take much, much longer. You know, just little things like that. And I think also we tend to, what I do anyway, I get into the kitchen, I put the oven on and it might take me 30, 40 minutes to actually do what I'm doing before I put it in the oven when actually, so it might be that you don't need to preheat it at all, but also you could just preheat it a later, sorry. It would really help if everybody worked out how long it takes to preheat mm. their oven because every oven's different and also have an oven thermometer. So I have just one of those really old kind of analogue ones that I just leave in the oven all the time to make sure I know that it's at the temperature it's supposed Ooh. to be. So just that, so it's not too high, it's not too low and, and kind of trying to time how long it takes to come up to the temperature you need are all ways of just shaving off some of the... Inefficiency. Yeah. And yes. So I tend to set the, set the timer when I'm preheating okay. so I don't forget because I'm the queen of uh, forgetting <laughs> things are on. Um, and But there's nothing wrong with using the oven or the grill, is it? It's kind of using it efficiently. So Absolutely. filling the oven, is that yeah. right, Sam? Yeah, I think so. I think like the other day um, I baked a Wellington, a veggie Wellington, and at the same time I also baked a cake because I thought, well, I might as well use both shelves in the oven because I'm going to be paying the same amount of money anyway. Um, so yeah, I think we just need to think about w- what we're doing with a, an appliance at the time mm. and just use it as efficiently as possible, as you say. Fantastic. Um, microwaves, please. Okay. So can we use the microwave for anything else? I always wonder. I mean, obviously, jacket potato is a winner. Absolutely. Cooking that first. We've just discovered mug cakes as well at oh, home, yeah. <laughs> which also miraculously the kids can make on their own selves. My favourite thing was doing a steamed pudding in the microwave in the early 80s when my mother first got one. And it used to be, you literally used to sit there watching it rise because it just seemed so miraculous. But yeah. Is there anything else? Can we do anything else in the microwave? What would you say for that? I think what we were talking about earlier about using what you have already. So, for example, I was reading the other day that when I was looking at baked potatoes, I was just putting them straight in the air fryer. But actually, if you put it in the microwave first for a few minutes, you're going to speed up the process. So that should, you know, you're using energy for a lot less. Um, But I have to say, I'm not one for using a microwave, not because I I don't agree with it, mainly because I haven't got one. Um, but I kind of more recently I'm thinking actually they're really useful because you can 
just reheat something super quick or I think cook vegetables and I, I think, think I think it's exactly the same thing as we were saying about slow cookers pressure cookers they're not bad ways of cooking mm. if you know how to cook them properly and again invest in a good book or a, a good website which can tell you how to use them properly and if you're using them properly you will get good results it's like everything else I, I also don't have one any longer, um, but I know a lot of food writers who are working with them a lot at the moment because it's a gadget that most people do have. So it makes sense that um, it's something that people should be using so they can be a bit more energy efficient. And I think like the air fryer, it's one of those things that you can cook more in it than you realise. Yeah. Um, but it is something that uses up a lot of space. And so I think it's not necessarily something that people want to go out and purchase because it's going to take up a long, you know, a large part of your worktop. Absolutely. I mean, mine is wall mounted, but I did at one point have a microwave that didn't have a turntable. And that was magic, but it is an expensive piece of kit. Right. But you, you could put a whole roast chicken, you could take it out of the fridge and pop it in the microwave to oh, warm wow. up. Oh, there's the kind of multi-oven, isn't there? That's a microwave and it's got That's a kind right. of grill Yeah, type. and it, it was just... Like just a turbo oven a, or something. Yeah, yeah, it was just a turbo microwave with mm. no turntable. It was a pretty spectacular. But yes, I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily recommend it. It's, it's you know potentially not hugely cost effective. And I think that is really important, actually, because these gadgets that we're talking about, some of them are not expensive, mm -hmm. but some of them are actually quite expensive. And you need to know, I think, that you're going to use it. And so you do your research before, have a look at what you can cook in them and think about whether you're really going to use it because you don't want to be paying out all that money for it just to be sitting in a cupboard. You stole my punchline question. Oh, I'm sorry. This was my last question. Ask me again. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to just finish on um, what would your advice be for a home cook who's looking to be smarter, more efficient when it comes to loving and using your gadgets effectively? Catherine, you talked about really getting stuck in, understanding them, working well with them. Absolutely. So some top tips, Sam, you've given a little bit away, but I'd love to hear your sort of top tips to get us to think about really what gadgets we need. But once we have them, make the very most of them? Well, I would look at what I've got. And if I think that what I've got is too expensive to run, for example, the oven, I would look at what alternatives I can afford. And I just think that getting something, you know, assessing all the things, who you're cooking for, what kind of space you've got, what kind of food you like to cook is also really important. How you cook normally. Um, Look at all of those things before you decide what kind of gadget to buy. And then if you want to hedge your bets, I would recommend anyone get a multi-cooker, to be honest, because um, then you can do whatever suits you. They, they, they will work for everybody. But the key thing is you have to use them. And I know... And I've been guilty of this myself. I've got a new gadget and I've left it in the box on my kitchen floor for weeks, if not in one occasion, months. And then I've got it out. I don't know what the impetus is on the particular day. I've got it out, got to grips with it and thought, oh, how stupid. This is so easy to use. And then that's it. But if you don't use it regularly and get into the habit of using it, you're not going to um, save your money back. If you If you use it, on a daily basis or think about every time you cook something, think, can I use this gadget to do this? Then 
you will start saving money very, very quickly. It will pay for itself in no time. That's a really good point. And I'm a terrible one for losing instruction booklets. <laughs> There's such value in instruction yeah. booklets. They often but they're all really available online now. To, are they? Yeah, if you <sighs> Google the manual for any bit of kit these days, you'll find the manual online. That, that's the amazing thing about the internet. <laughs> so. I've been told. <laughs> well, I think the other amazing Sam. thing about the internet is that you can do your research. I think yeah. it's really important to look at what you can do with that gadget. Yeah. Um, and really think about it. And I'm the same as you. I bought gadgets in the past, like chive scissors, anyone, you know? Oh, Why would that you use them? Exceptionally useful piece of yeah. kit. Yes. And then also I bought um, one of those... Um, Wrap the the electric wrappers, you know, that that for sous vide. So it, oh yes, I can't think yes. of the technical name for them now. But I bought one of those because it was cheap in a budget supermarket. And I think about two years later, when I moved out, I found it in the box unopened. And of course, I found it unopened. I didn't have a sous vide, so I don't really know what I was planning <laughs> on doing. <laughs> oh, no, that's the other thing. A lot of the multi cookers also have a sous vide option. They do actually. They yeah. do. Yeah. I've just remembered. Yeah. yeah. So if you like things really kind of low, slow, pink, whatever. Yeah. But I think it is that I think look at look at what you're buying, both from a sense of what you can do with it, but also have a look round and and have a look at you know look at reviews, check which one's the best for you. Um, whether you've got a large family, whether it's just a, two of you, if you're cooking for one, because everything you know all of them are different. So I think you can you can find the one that's right for you, and you're more likely to use it then. Fantastic! And loving your gadgets involves using them. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much, Catherine and Sam. You've Thank been you. absolutely Pleasure. brilliant. I've learned so much, as I hope everyone else has. And thank you for joining me. Thank you. Sam and Catherine have inspired me to cook differently with not just new gadgets, but things I already have. Here are three genius tips from them I'm going to be using. One, not just for casseroles or curries in my case. I'm going to try using my pressure cooker for vegetables instead of using another saucepan. You can cook greens and vegetables in an absolute jiffy. Two, don't hide your air fryer or slow cooker in the cupboard. Out of sight and they go out of mind. But keep them out and it'll remind you how brilliant they are and inspire you to use them. Three, buy the model that suits you. A small air fryer may save space in a compact kitchen and can cook a turkey crown in 45 minutes, but you can't cook the rest of a meal in it. Potatoes, veg, etc. at the same time. So one size definitely doesn't fit all. Thank you so much for listening and see you next time. Download the BBC Good Food app today and get inspired in your kitchen. Try a three-month free trial and discover more than 15,000 recipes to help you cook your best every day.